Listen to Natty News. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Natty News, the nattiest news show in the world. My name is Andrew the Nanny, and I'm joined once again with my weightlifting competitor, Pat Wu. Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's a rest week. I feel a little disgusting. I have done no exercise and I've eaten junk food for like the last five days. For those of you who are not aware, Pat recently competed last weekend, put on some good efforts, and we'll talk about it a little later. But you know what, Pat, you got to get that well-deserved rest. Um, how has it been to not be in the gym so hard every day? Um, you know, it, it's really weird how I actually, like, I know some people after competition, they're dying to get back at it. I really enjoy the week off. Like, uh, it feels good. I don't know. It's like good. We can, I can do social things. You know, we went and saw a movie yesterday and like all those things. Usually when it's five days a week of lifting in the evening, I can't really meet up with people or anything. So it's good to catch up. Yeah, and I think it kind of gives you more longevity in the spurt. Like, I think one of the big things is if you do it so intense for so long, you kind of get sick of it. So taking that break actually makes you really miss it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like next week when I get back at it, I'll, I'll be ready to turn on the fire again. Nice. No, dude, that's awesome to hear. Uh, I recently met with a Natty News listener, Chris, who he gave me some swimming pointers. So uh, Chris, friend of the show, great Natty listener, um, used to swim a lot uh, back in elementary and high school. And he gave me a lot of pointers. And man, swimming is not like any other type of cardio I've done. Like, I, I think I'm pretty good at cardio stuff. But I, I could swim like 100 meters and be out of breath. <laughs> It's so, it's so technical. Yeah. And I, I know people who are swimmers and it's, I think to get elite at it takes like, you know, I know weightlifting is hard and all, but swimming, you got to be insane to perfect your craft. Cause not only is it hard technically, it also kind of hurts a little bit when you really swim hard. Yeah. And it's also like with swimming, like, I feel like with a lot of other cardio, like running and cycling and stuff, you can kind of power through it, but with swimming, once you start losing your breathing or your breath, you're done. Like, you can't go any harder or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. I, I can swim, like, 400 meters. <laughs> I'll be dead after that. Weren't you a lifeguard before? Uh, no, I have a bronze cross, which is... It is the level before a lifeguard, but it's very much not a lifeguard. Like, we... You know, you learn your first responder stuff. I think the, the physical exam was, like, a 400-meter head-up front crawl which I could do at the time. Um, I don't think I can do that anymore because I was like 17 or something like that. It like makes you like a, it kind of makes you like a first responder before the water, but you're not a certified lifeguard where you, you can be like employed like mm. to save people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see what you mean, but that's still pretty cool. And I'm sure like, I'm sure you could pick it up quickly. But anyways, this isn't swimming news. This is natty news. So... Uh, Pat, let's go into your competition. So I know you didn't get um, the results you wanted, but maybe talk a little bit about today and the process and how you're feeling throughout it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was, well, first of all, it was it was a lot of fun um, to do a in-person competition again. It was first one since last February, which was um, Provincials. Um, so it was a long time and it was like there was a really big turnout like there was i think over the weekend about 200 plus competitors um so it was great to have the community the 
you know, before the competition, we kind of, if you've been listening to the show, like training's been going kind of up and down. Um, the last two weeks before the lift, I was just starting to miss lifts and uh, like I couldn't get my jerk together. Like I was missing at like 130 kilos all the time. So that wasn't going too well. And my weight was really low um, for whatever reason, probably school, it stressed off some weight. But I, like the night before, I was already way under 81 kilos. Um, so it was my lightest weigh in ever, but anyways, the lifting itself, it was a three for six day. I did, uh, 110 and 137, um, which did not meet the total. The total I needed was 255 and, uh, the way it happened was a little disappointing. It's going to haunt me forever. I made a 110 snatch as an opener, which was my highest opener ever. So that's great. And then I missed 115 off a mistake, whatever came back and did 115 and then I I caught it overhead so if I'm in a deep squat like it was overhead it was locked and as I stood up I lost it in front and it was it was there's a screenshot out there of, of uh, my coach Jeremy just staring down at it like like is literally his is like his head was probably about to explode um, and uh, but honestly I've missed like that before so this isn't the first time it's happened so it's something to work on but Knowing that, I at that moment it was kind of sad because I knew I was screwed. I, I would never make a 145 clean and jerk. So for clean and jerks, we went conservative. I did 130 as an opener, and then I, I jumped to 137 because I won at the 300 pounds. And I made that, and then uh, it was fun after that um, because I I looked at Jeremy and we we're like, do we do we just give it a go? Because uh, because you know the number I needed was 145, which was. I've never cleaned more than 141, but we're like, screw it, let's just put it on the bar and give it a go. And I was the last lift in my session, so I got a little slow clap going from the audience um, to hype me up. And like, it was, that was really fun. It was very memorable. Um, and I think they gave me good motivation. Like, I, I got under it, um, which was crazy. Like, I got under, I racked it, just didn't have the legs um, to stand it up. But um, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, so that was how it went, three for six. You know, I really wish I got that snatch because I felt like it was there until it wasn't. But next time, we're back in January. We're going to give it a second go. Dude, that's a, that's a real anime moment right there. Like having the whole crowd like, let's go, Pat. Let's go. And like you're getting up there. You're, you're thinking about little Pat. Little Pat never being able to imagine cleaning this much weight. You grip the bar. You rip it off the ground. It comes flying up, catching it in the front rack. And then reality hits, and this isn't uh, Pat Wood anime. This is real life, and he realized it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> Almost, though. Uh, next time. Next time it won't happen that way. No, but that's cool, man. That's really cool the crowd got behind you and all. That's really fun. Um, but also for the listeners, uh, I always say this, but um, on Natty News, Pat refuses to use freedom units. So he was talking about kilograms. Um, so he was, he wasn't struggling at 110 pounds. It was 110 kilos, which still boggles my brain. How 115 was a struggle, not 110. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't that weak on that day. <laughs> what, 110, that's like 235 pounds. Uh, 242. Two, that's insane. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. but regardless, man. So I guess 
obviously you were in school, so that probably took a lot from your training. And again, I know you're not a big excuse guy, but what do you think that you learned from this experience? Like, what do you think you might do differently for next meet and stuff? Definitely. Um, well, I think that it was good to consider things I did well too, which was, I think, just staying the course and like, even on my no most busy weeks of school, uh, five exams or whatnot, I didn't skip entirely, like just kept showing up. And then uh, I think just staying mentally ready, you know, uh, every single week in my prep, I did at least a 110 snatch and it paid off because I think when I walked up to the 110, uh, you know, a while back, 110 was my max. But now I'm like, this is a weight I've hit every single week. So I knew I could do it. Um, so that was really good. Things I could have could have improved on I think is I think I need to get my strength up um, I've had a lot of conversations with people and I I still yet to squat uh, more than 170 kilos which is I think 375 which a lot of people get are pretty surprised at that's that's pretty low for for the type of um, snatch and clean and jerk numbers I put up so that has to get better and then um, and then I gotta fix that snatch bottom position. I gotta stop missing stuff and uh, after I rack at the bottom, because that's supposed to be the secure part of it. But yeah, I'm not too upset with the performance. I it was it was okay besides that one snatch. And next time I think I can try that 145 and and uh, and actually have a good go at it. Man, and I mean, I think you have the right attitude. I think one of the things with competition is for like majority of people you're not getting anything from competing. You're just doing it to test yourself and grow and all that. So just showing up is a victory. So you just came by, you showed up, you made weight, you did all that. That's a victory, regardless of um, if you made it to nationals or if you got any shiny hardware, it doesn't matter. So good on you, Pat, for keeping a good attitude. And also, man, doing it during um, school, like physiotherapy is no joke. I mean, good on you for competing, even with all that other stuff going on. Yeah, there's plenty. I mean, everyone there has their has their story. I mean, everyone there has their has a job. So you know, it's all level ground at the end of the day. Except for the junior lifters, <laughs> they they can train full time. I wish I had that available to me. Oh man, yeah. No, back in the day when like we would do nothing besides spend like three hours in the gym. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, but anyways, this isn't the Praising Pat podcast. This is Natty News. So, um, Pat, I think today one of the things we kind of want to talk about is like training for like a specific lifting sport, whether it be powerlifting or Olympic lifting like you do yourself or even bodybuilding compared to just going to a gym and training for like no real sport or anything. Like what's the difference? Like I think um, – People assume, well, like people, when they go to the gym, they think that there's only one way to really train, but yeah. there's a lot of different ways to, and it really does depend on maybe if you want to get into like a barbell or weightlifting um, type sport, uh, how your training will be different. And so obviously I've had some experience with powerlifting. You've done some, you're still um, a competitive weightlifter. And um, I think it'd be good to maybe talk a little bit about that. Maybe give some people some inspiration if they want to pursue this, or also maybe they can know that, Hey, it's not for me so let's maybe talk a little bit about like what is like weightlifting training like yeah definitely um so yeah i'll start with talking about what like the competitive weightlifting life is like and then and then i have some clients who just do weightlifting for fun so i'll talk about that too so i mean competitive weightlifting means that if you're seriously doing it that means that it is 
a priority and that um, there is a onus on you to like, like you have, I think you're a serious weightlifter when you're starting to make serious sacrifices to accommodate your training, right? So I train four to five times a week. Um, and like for me, that's, you know, that's, uh, I only train in the evening. So that's five evenings out of seven in a week that I, I kind of lose to weightlifting where I could, you know, could be socializing or studying or whatnot. So, um, I do have to make sacrifices there. Like, um, in order to get it done, I know a lot of people, they'll go before work. Um, one of, uh, one of my friends, Mike, who owns an equipment company, sometimes he only has like 20 minutes and he'll, he'll like go on and like squat up to like 160 kilos pause, like with this 20 minute block. Um, so like, you know, all the weight, all the serious weightlifters we know, we've had to do that in one way or another, uh, in order to succeed. So that's what like really serious weightlifting is like, you know, the training, like, let me first say, I'm not actually the most dedicated person out there. Like there's certain parts where, you know, I cut down my training from five days to four for school, even though I think five would be more optimal just because I wanted that balance. Um, you know, I, yeah, like my training tends to be 75 to 100 minutes. Um, I could probably get more progress with a little bit more time, but again, like I want to prioritize school. So there's varying degrees to which that happens, but that's kind of like the serious weightlifting side of it. I think, you know, you're in that when you're making serious sacrifices around your life in order to accommodate lifting versus just lifting as a means to enhance your, your time. So I'm also kind of curious about like when you do a weightlifting session, because this is something that always makes me like kind of curious about weightlifting training, um, because I think most people, when they go to a gym, one of the key goals is building muscle. Like that's yeah. kind of one of the biggest things people do is when they want to go to a gym. Now, right. weightlifting, I've seen some crazy, crazy lifts done by a bunch of uh, guys and gals, and they just do some crazy numbers, but they're not very jacked. So like, yeah. do you do any kind of like muscle building work in like a weightlifting training session? Or is it purely based off performance? Like you don't really do much hypertrophy work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cyclical, right? Like as with, uh, with the idea of periodization, um, <laughs> the closer I am to a meet. So for example, the last eight weeks or so was almost purely weightlifting training, um, as I'm really close now in an off season. So for me, that's like maybe March to august or something of the sort where i'm further away i'll do more general training so you know for me one of my priorities is my upper body is like horrendously weak right and uh so that would then be a priority at that time but for the most part in a weightlifting session i think what i want people to understand is that the snatch and clean and jerk are not made for you to build muscle they were not designed for you to technically build general strength and they're also probably not the most efficient way to build power. Um, for those, there are their variations are good. Like a hang power clean might be really good for power, um, but the lifts themselves were not built for that purpose. The lifts themselves, when you're competitive, are meant to be part of the sport. It's the same reason that, like, when you learn to shoot a basketball, you're trying to get better at shoot a basketball. You're not trying to build bigger triceps, like something like that. Yeah, and that's actually a, a really good point. I mean, there's a whole controversy about should um, athletes be doing Olympic weightlifting movements 
and like the whole thing is questioning like it's so complicated to really learn the firm right or is it worth them learning that instead of doing more of an injury free type of lift like is it is the gains they gain in power worth the possibility of them injuring from not getting the firm right because they're very tricky movements mm-hmm. well like, yeah like side discussion this might be a more of a, this is actually a good topic for another day, like weightlifting for athletes. I think it can be really good, but for other reasons. Um, it, uh, for the risk it has, like it teaches you to absorb load, like eccentrically, like on the down, on the downward phase. And then with something like a jerk, it, ch- it teaches you to change direction, apply force upwards. So that can be really good for vertical jump and whatnot. But yeah, that's a topic for another time. But yeah, it doesn't, that's not the, when you're a weightlifter, you don't do the, snatch and clean jerk to build muscle or strength you do it to get better at the lift itself and to also like yeah you do it to improve the pattern uh, for the sport yeah and that's a really big thing is i feel like weightlifters more than anything else it's very technical based like you really got to get it right like you it's really cool about that where it's not as much, I guess, like muscle or strength as it is technique. For someone who might not be as strong as someone in like a raw show of strength, but that could be more technical, could outlift them. Yeah, all the time. I mean, um, I'm not elite by any means, but I'm a pretty good example. I, I know I have friends front squatting 170, 80, 85 kilograms that I, I uh, clean and jerk and, and snatch more than. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Dude, yeah, I know for sure, man. Um, so if someone wants to get into it, what would be like, oh, what would attract someone to weightlifting? Like what got you into weightlifting? Yeah, um, I was attracted to it for two main reasons, which first was that um, there was a lot of word on the street that weight, like weightlifting movements would assist for sport, to jump higher, to run faster, to be more explosive. And the second reason that draws people in is that it looks really cool. It looks very aesthetic to do a good snatch or a clean and jerk. It's very like, you know, balanced and like something about the pose, the barbell overhead just looks great. And uh, yeah, it looked great. And I thought it would make me a a better athlete. And um, for the most part, it was, yeah, it was kind of true to what was, uh, was proposed. But if somebody wanted to start weightlifting, I think, I think the first thing to keep in mind is that just because you decide to start learning to snatch and clean and jerk does not mean you have to commit to being a competitive weightlifter. And I I think people put pressure on themselves. They're they're like, oh, like I can deadlift 400. I want to be able to clean like 300 pounds in like six months. And I think the first thing to do is to like check your ego at the door and and it it doesn't happen like uh, powerlifting, for example. You don't just put five pounds in your lift every week as a beginner. and I think, think of it as a new sport, you know, think of it as uh, something you play and practice with that you're trying to get better at. Uh, definitely find a coach, find someone to instruct you uh, because you will learn it. What you could do in four hours by yourself can probably be addressed in like an hour with a good coach who will give you the right homework to work it on your own. And then again, first phase, don't put pressure on yourself to put pounds in the bar. Just you know, I mean, kilos in weightlifting, but, but just like, just practice, just get better at the movement and, uh, and be patient and then enjoy the process when you start. Yeah. And I think that's a great way for anyone wanting to get into any competitive sport, honestly, like, especially for most people, um, unless you've gone through like the whole collegiate athlete thing, you're probably not going to go pro or make any money or anything like it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like, 
um, you should only be doing it if you enjoy it. If you enjoy competition, you really want to challenge yourself, great. But like, you shouldn't like beat yourself up for any of that. And at the end of the day, it's just about enhancing your life in any way. But no, that's some good tips about that. I guess also another thing about weightlifting too is because of the steep learning curve, would you recommend someone to get a coach about learning it or could you actually self-learn stuff? You can learn it yourself, but it's a lot more work. So my like, what I think is if you have to learn it yourself, the things that are mandatory to do is you have to take video of yourself and then you have to start analyzing that video and you have to be very self-actualized to uh, looking online for the right resources that will teach you the movement. Then you have to go and practice it, take videos, analyze your own videos to kind of see what's going wrong and then keep refining from there. And as you can kind of see there, that's a lot of moving parts. Um, and especially because you're not an expert on the movement at that point in time, the way you see things might not necessarily um, be the most productive, right? So for example, if a problem in your snatch is that you always jump forward, right, in the snatch, like you, Anwar, are not weightlifting, you wouldn't really know why you jump forward. So you might just say, okay, I'll just not jump forward. But that doesn't address the underlying issue in the predicament, right, which I would know might be to stay on your flat foot longer, extend your pull, uh, make sure you're following through straight, right? So where you know, where you might not be able to, it's like the same as like, if you have like an IT problem, right? Like I have no idea what to do when I have an IT problem. So I gotta call an IT guy. Like, even if it's as simple as restart the computer, I might not have come up to that until 20 minutes later, right? So it's not essential to have a coach, but it saves a lot of good time. And you're gonna start learning the right thing to do much earlier in your learning process. Yeah. and. Man, I think that's true for actually a lot of sports too, where it can accelerate it. Um, also, just to kind of maybe um, give a little viewpoint about you as a pr pretty decent level comparing lifter, like you've been at the national level. How many hours do you think you train a week? Um, as much as 10, which actually isn't that much compared to a lot of people. And then lately it's been more down to like six or even five. A week so like 10 is like when you're super on top of stuff like that's the max but like yeah. more typically maybe like seven hours a week sure yeah yeah as an average yeah and yeah and like when you kind of say that way it's not as crazy it's just like an hour a day which uh, again i mean obviously you're not working out every day it might be like hour and a half uh five days a week or so um yeah. but even then like it's not a huge time commitment with a lot of these like lifting sports. I found like even bodybuilding, powerlifting, mm -hmm. all of them. Like, um, we were talking about this before, but people who are like in the gym for like three hours kind yeah. of blow. And like we were there, we used to do that stuff too. But yeah. it's also like I, I think people don't realize how you don't really need to train that much to be at a pretty high level with a lot of these sports. No, ab yeah, absolutely not. In fact, as a as a natural lifter, you kind of have limited recovery capabilities. So if you're really going at it for three hours, as a beginner, you might be overtraining. And if you're not really going at it, then you might just be taking a little bit too long of a rest, right? If you're taking 10 minute rests, like if your workout only has like 12 sets and like somehow you're there from like five to 8.30 PM, then, you know, uh, it might be better to, to cut off the rest times a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, 
there's a whole point of like a way you can measure training is not only by reps and sets but also by intensity by like how long did it take you to do this too like if you mm -hmm. can do a three-hour program in two hours you've gotten stronger yeah exactly and i think i was taught the right way when i popped into weightlifting i do know weightlifters just take a really long time but a lot of my teammates people like like janella that we've had in the show um they have like a great aerobic system and they they push the time and that's also more like what it's like in the competition setting you never know sometimes you're on a two minute clock right so it's good to actually have a mild degree of pressure yourself and and like get yourself to keep moving and again that's better for the general fitness aspect too right at least it's it's not really cardio but it's better than just sitting for five minutes in between sets yeah exactly you know in the powerlifting world um i remember when i used to train most seriously and um, with other guys um who are also very good competitors um, we would make little jokes about how, like, we need a warm up before every set because we just sit around so long we get cold again. Yeah, yeah. That's actually <laughs> like, bad, too. I think if you're sitting so long and you're getting cold, yeah, that's do something about that. Yeah, like, you would literally think one set and you'd only do like triples, and then you'd wait 10 minutes and then do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, but to kind of like, I guess, yeah, talk a little bit from the powerlifting side because I think. Weightlifting and powerlifting, they are similar, but I kind of feel like weightlifting is like the sophisticated one, where powerlifting is a little more like um, rugged in a way. I mean, not saying that either athletes are better or worse than each other, but like with Olympic lifting, I feel like when I see it, it's so precise. It's like it's like a dance. It's very uh, precise and in a way beautiful uh, how to move and show. Powerlifting is very much like you see all these like grinded, ugly reps, yeah. like. <laughs> I don't think you can ever see someone like deadlift 800 pounds pretty. It's always just like uh, blood vessels popping or veins everywhere, just grinding up slowly. It's it's, yeah. it's not a pretty look. Um, I think that also is kind of with powerlifting training, like where the training is um very much like you're doing you're doing a um very high weight. And low reps, but a lot of sets. Like you're really building up your CNS through those movements. And the training sessions are, I think, similar to Olympic weightlifting, where you do a lot of sets and very few reps, but you have like a high intensity throughout. Like you don't train at like sixty percent ever, do you? Um, we do it. We do do it sometimes in weightlifting if it's like if you're just trying to address a certain technical error. Because like, and I know there's there's like technique training in powerlifting too right because when it's light enough then you can like play around with new technical changes and things like that but yeah to really make gains you got to be in that 75 percent plus category yeah and i find with powerlifting too it's kind of like i think a lot of guys start off with bodybuilding and they get to a certain size they like where like maybe they like to be like 145 or yeah. 150 or like whatever way or like 200 pounds and then they kind of switch to powerlifting because i think powerlifting isn't as makes as much muscle as people think like when you do like a powerlifting program even if it's a lot of volume like a small off i don't think you get much hypertrophy even through those like very intense programs because like you're mostly doing like very heavy doubles triples singles and stuff and you're not really breaking down the muscle as much as you're fatiguing your cns system and kind of looking at that from that point too like powerlifting i think the hardest part of it is recovery 
like mm-hmm. more than anything else like powerlifting the workout i don't think it's that bad um i think like a bodybuilding workout we have short rest and you just get that flame in your muscle is much harder than a heavy powerlifting session uh one because yeah you do take those massive breaks <laughs> yeah. in powerlifting um and another thing too is like the recovery though cuz i remember when i used to deadlift and squat really heavy like man my hips would just be like burnt out like it would be like so stiff like getting off a chair would just be not comfortable and like you really had to make sure you got your recovery down you're sleeping well eating well stretching all that cuz if you're not then like you risk injury and the problem is and i think you can speak about this but all comparators like as a normal person, when you get injured, the common thing is like, okay, let me stop doing this movement or let me do something else and I'll let it heal. But when you're in that like powerlifting or weightlifting mindset, you you often maybe fight through the injury because you have to do this movement, which I think is kind of a bit of a toxic mentality with it. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, there's a, when it comes to working through injury, there's like a smart and not so smart way to go about it. And, but I think like, I think also another topic that we wanted to talk about today is that you can do powerlifting or weightlifting competitively and you can do it as seriously or as casually as you want to. Like, you know, I don't think it's like a, it's not a dichotomy of competing or not competing. Like you can be a competitor and hey, like if you get hurt, back off a little bit or like you can be a competitor that misses a workout because you have to attend a family dinner one day and that's okay. Like not everyone needs to be like, you know, make every single training session, do it perfectly, uh, train through injury, uh, do water cuts. Like not everybody needs to do all that stuff. You can just train a couple times a week, show up, do the best that you can. And, and that's okay too. Like not everyone has to do it like that. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the beautiful things is, yeah, you can take it as seriously as you want or not want. Like an example, as we talked before, um, I like, I kind of like keeping track of everything. Like I like the watches that tell me how many minutes of exercise and how many calories I've burned. And I like keeping a little macro tracker and stuff, but you don't like to do any of that. You like to kind of just go completely by feel. And I don't think either is better or worse, but it's kind of just like what you want to do when you compete at this. Yeah, exactly. Like you can go, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a really good example. Like I, you know, things I do take really seriously is I, um, to be like mindful of my session and actually put effort in, uh, I'm pretty mindful to like eat good around the session and to peak properly for my meets, but I don't count my steps. I don't do the whole recovery trackers or all the other stuff you could do. And you know, there's always something more you can do, but I don't think casual competitors have to get caught up in that like don't give yourself a headache if you um aren't doing every single recovery modality um possible like it's not that serious um and if you want it to be that's okay too right but um don't feel pressure to do that do you keep track of rest between sets um sometimes Uh, actually my my train to work app has a has a rest timer now i would do it if it's if it's for a purpose so for this meet here that i just did i uh we had a feeling that based on the weights people were lifting i might have to follow myself so that's when you complete a lifting competition and there's no one in between your attempts so the next attempt is yours and you have to do it within two minutes so then i started doing all my lifts within two minutes um to be specific to that situation or um sometimes 
um, you know, if the intent is like hypertrophy or whatnot, it will be like minimal rest. Like that will be the, the prescription. Like finish your superset, catch your breath. Once you can speak again, pretty much go again. Man, I've tried to time my rest between sets, but I just can't do it. I, you know, it's a little powerlifting in me. I kind of like my longer rest sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. So like to each their own, right? Everyone has those things they want and don't want to try. Yeah. And that's true. And I mean, I, it also is like how serious you want to take it. Like you kind of gave a viewpoint of when you want to get to a high level, you do have to expect that you're going to have to give up on some socializing, some other events. you got to be in the gym a little later, like at your peak 10 hours a week. That's maybe two hours a session. Like that is uh, some serious commitment. And that's not including like time you're spending recovering, like stretching, mobility work, uh, also dieting down too, making sure you're eating well, that you're recovering well. Like it is some other aspects of it, but it, it, that's also the thing of it. Like, you don't have to compete to be a champion. You can just compete and have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as a trainer, I, I've you know I've worked with people who express a desire to compete in weightlifting someday, and that's what I always tell them. Like, you can just do it for fun. Nobody, literally, no one is judging you. And like weightlifting is, I don't know about powerlifting, but weightlifting is like super friendly. Like, who who cares if you're doing twenty kilos or hundred and twenty kilos? Like you're. You're still out here lifting and, and doing your best. So, yeah, just if you want to compete, don't worry about those those little things. Don't worry about a water cut for your worst first competition. Just just show up and uh, and have a good time. You know, I, I haven't really been as involved in the powerlifting community as, as I, I was before. But from what I remember, one of the nice things about powerlifting is just the accessibility. Because it's like, honestly, almost anyone could do a powerlifting competition because yeah. it doesn't take much technique or like mobility to do the three main lifts. Like you asked me to do a snatch, nah, that's going to take a year before I can even get in a snatch position. I'm not snatching anything for a while. But um, deadlift, squat, bench, most people already do it in their, their regular training. So it has a very low bar of entry for powerlifting, which is nice where it, it kind of gives you some goals and it gives you um, an ease into more competitions, especially for people like myself who never really competed in anything before. It was like a nice thing to kind of challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think one one last point on that is, is I know a lot of people place these uh, standards in themselves. Like we did it too when we were, when we were uh, kids, right? Uh, oh, I have to be able to do like deadlift 500 squat 400 and bench like 275 before i sign up for my first competition um or like you know or else i'm like not good enough and, and to think back and it's it's kind of stupid like you don't you'll never be ready to compete and like your 500 deadlift in in practice anyways you might bomb out in your in your competition regardless right it's so you don't have to be elite to go and compete that that's like the key point and even if you think you're elite, there's always someone better anyway. So it doesn't matter. It's if, if there's a desire to do it, I really encourage um, to go get a competition in, challenge yourself. And almost everyone who tries it once has, has a pretty good time. And also, like, there is such a big difference in lifting in a gym versus lifting in a competition. And not only for lifting, but like any sport. Like, I don't know how you do, Pat, but like, I 
like I get very nervous before like any type of competition. Like even like before you are supposed to like exam for jujitsu before going on the match or before going on the platform for lifting. Like I'm always like nervous and shaking. But then once you start at it, it's all good. But it's a really different feeling than just being in your regular comfortable gym with everything normal and lifting mm -hmm. there. So it does challenge yourself which is always great and even if you don't score first who cares like it's a good way to challenge yourself and learn a little more about how you compete yeah exactly it's like yeah we've both competed in something it's a really unique fun feeling when you're done it's like yeah like you 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 feel like you really did accomplish something just by showing up and um and i think part of it is the making yourself exposed right like there's people watching you and there's and you're out there and you can lose and it does matter somewhat and that's good to challenge ourselves as people like that's that's a great way to better yourself totally totally man now if someone wants to um wants to kind of like grow in competitions though like what would be the steps from going from like a beginner or intermediate lifter to advanced like have I feel like you're kind of in that area where you're maybe going into the advanced category soon. Like what's something you've kind of noticed from where you started off to now, but how maybe your training or mentality and stuff has shifted or like people who listened who are in that same category where they may be in a beginner intermediate stage. How has it kind of changed your view moving more into the advanced level? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, when I started out, it was still like most people who start weightlifting, like they, they either come from doing not much of anything or from like powerlifting or for another sport, right? And when you step in, you're kind of one foot in, one foot out. It's like, oh, like weightlifting, something I'll do on the side. And, um, but I think the biggest thing that's changed uh, is first of all, at some point, I, like you'll make the decision that like this is kind of your main hobby and that you want to do that. That's like the first prerequisite, most importantly. The second thing I think when you're becoming, know you're becoming advanced is when um, and this is assuming you have a coach, which I recommend most people do, is that uh, you kind of stop just taking all the information from your coach. So like when you're talking programming competition, it's not just like coach is telling you this, like what's right, what's wrong, how much to do. When you start having your own thoughts about it, um, you know, like now when I get through a training week, I'll write a lot of notes like, hey, I... I thought this exercise, tall snatch, worked really well. Um, honestly, this amount of squat volume is killing my knees. I don't like this. I don't think this is right for me. Um, and having these back and forth competitions, even at this competition in the in the warm up room, um, my coach had some warm up attempts, and I said, uh, "This isn't what I usually do. I I think I'd prefer to do some of these other numbers, uh, or you know, for the jumps in weight instead of just coach calling it. I actually feel like." I have a good idea of, of what I can or can't do. So it's when it becomes less of a teacher student relationship and more of like a mentor and back and forth relationship. When you start having like a higher level of thinking about this process, just like when you, like when you go through school and your degree, right? You, you know, in your first year of your undergrad, you're like, what, what the heck? Like, I don't know anything, but by the end, you're actually like, you're about to become a professional and, and uh, your level of thinking is way higher. Man, and I think that's like with any, actually not only sports, but anything you do in life is once you kind of get past that like beginner intermediate stage and you kind of know yourself, that's kind of when you can go into advanced when you know what works for you compared to what's like the generic um, thing. And that really is kind of like a fun process of any um, activity or hobby kind of getting more into it. 
what has been like something you've noticed that maybe works for general lifters, but not for you? Like when, uh, what's like one of those things that maybe people getting into weightlifting are very used to, but you find it doesn't help you much? Yeah. Uh, let's see a general thing. So I think a general thing that works, uh, a pet peeve of mine in like Olympic weightlifting coaching or any coaching is that people like to give like the same general cues. Like, uh, it'll be like, chest up or like they're just saying chest up or like you know stand tall or, or whatnot and i think for me uh and i think a, a lot of beginner coaches don't do this is that i think the cues and thinking and drills change over time like two years ago um i'd say like doing uh hang snatches was like a really good drill for me but now they aren't anymore because i've addressed that problem so i think it's just getting the right drill to the right problem or some people when they warm up they always uh they do a lot of like empty bar snatches i don't do empty bar snatches anymore i only do um tall snatches where i stand tall and pull it down and i think just it's it's not always about conventions i think to some extent conventions can be altered and played around with once you're at a certain level um and yeah not everything has to be done by the textbook which which uh is unlike what well actually it is what my education taught me it's you know in my master's degree we talked a lot about that like here are the templates but um it gets really fun to be able to play around and find out what works for you not just for the for the average individual you know i saw this great video oh, i wish i could find it but it was like weightlifting through time and it was showing about how people used to do lifts back in the day like there was like a split-legged snatch <laughs> yeah like yeah. It, like it was so crazy how people used like back in like the 1900s when people were no optimal form even had their own crazy way of getting the barbell from the ground overhead <laughs> oh absolutely and they used to do like clean and press and they used to just lean back like like 15 feet just bend straight backwards to to press it it's there's so many crazy ways it's evolved. Dude, I think Paul Anderson did like a 550 pound clean and press and it was literally in this bench so back and like bench pressing it basically. And I think that's one of the most impressive lifts of humankind because like, dude, how did his spine not blow out? Well, you know, we are highly adaptable and, and he was apparently extremely highly, highly adaptable. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I always like to watch those like old clips, but no, it, it does bring up a good point though, about how stuff changes. Like even man, I've seen like the powerlifting world uh, change. I remember when, I remember when uh, in the powerlifting world, everyone loved all these like Russian training programs, like small love. Like I knew random guys at the gym who used to do small love for their like legs and stuff. And that blew my mind. And for those who don't know, small love is this insanely high volume um powerlifting program like it, it, i think you do like a bunch of singles and then you do like 10 sets of 10 of like squat like it's in yeah. it's, it's insane it's like unnecessary for intermediates like, it and it's really, kind of really is and it's also like in weightlifting i know like people who like to train the bulgarian method which is basically like maxing out every week and yeah I, I'm wondering what's going to be like the next like fad program and like not fad, but like what's going to be like the hard thing for people to train in like the coming years and stuff. Yeah, it's it's people get too crazy with it. And I, I think if you're like a casual lifter, like it's honestly just show up two to three, maybe four times if you like two to four times a week, allot yourself like an hour. Let's start with an hour and then 
like honestly like the good old four sets of five at like 75 to 80 percent you know or five sets of three get some decent volume at a decently heavy weight and then do some hypertrophy for the parts of you that are really weak like you know anwar's shoulders or my biceps or whatnot and then like honestly for a couple years you're really good to go just by doing that or like just keep staying with the process keep thinking about what's weak for you and keep working on those keep trying to get the numbers up like it's not that crazy unless you're like an elite lifter yeah like especially i think with powerlifting man it is so it is very straightforward where it's like okay just keep on trying to lift more than you did last week and if you stall for too long deload a bit try again and if you still can't progress then maybe i jump on a program then but that's like you could probably do just the linear progression for like three years until you might need to jump on like a real program yeah it's really true and then you know just taking the time to do good fundamentals too like not rushing like Take yeah. the time to learn the right technique. And like, when you think about it, like, what is the rush? Like, there's literally no rush. Your friends don't care if you can bench 250 or 200. Okay, maybe they do. A couple care. But no one important really cares how much you can bench. So why don't you take the time and learn it properly. And, and uh, you'll stay more injury free. And you'll actually make more progress in the long term with good technique anyways. Man, I think that's a great way to close at it. I think um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but one of the key things is, you know, it doesn't really matter, but just do what you enjoy. If you want to snatch 110 kilos, like my friend Pat, you should do it. Um, and if you want to deadlift 500 pounds, go for it. It's pretty cool to feel, but again, it's not a big deal regardless, and you should just do it for yourself like it doesn't matter about medals or anything like that yeah well i think i think to end off Amor, what are your what are your big athletic goals to come up to close off the show today oh man um you know see i'm kind of like the opposite of you pat i don't really want to be a specialist or anything so i like to be like the mm -hmm. jack of all um so right now i've been focusing more on my swimming i want to bring my swimming up um I wonder if I have a real goal yet. I just kind of want to get better at that. And I've been doing a lot of yoga, so I've been enjoying that too, trying to get more mobile. Yeah, oh, what would be a good athletic goal? You know what? I've been I've been pulling, I've been doing a lot of pull-ups recently. I think I want to try to hit 15 bodyweight pull-ups by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. pull-ups, good swimming, and improve your flexibility. That's pretty good goals. Yeah, I, I'm at 12 right now, so I want to see if I can get three more pull-ups. Dude, you can, you can do it. 100%. <laughs> How about yourself? Oh, some of your goals for the end of the year. Oh, we should do like, we, yeah, we should do like a Natty News New Year's. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, <laughs> a lot of good ideas there. Um, for goals, I mean, the, the, the weightlifting stuff, um, competitions in January. So I, I want to do my qualifying total. That's not that interesting. But besides that, I also want to, I've been playing basketball uh, once a week with some of my uh, classmates. So that's something I want to keep up just to keep playing um, and work on my explosiveness. I still want to dunk a basketball. Uh, I've been close for a long time. So if I can dunk a basketball, that'd be really cool. And uh, since I'm playing all the time, I'm going to work on my shot and, and <laughs> make my threes at a high percentage. So that, that's a good change up. Um, it's, it's really fun to like do something else for a change. Nice, man. Look at you. I'm going to see you're going to be the only NBA player that can also snatch 110 kgs. <laughs> I feel like I'm more like the only weightlifter that can 
score a three, I'm more likely to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, actually, man, that would be crazy to see an NBA player to, trying to do, like, a snatch or something. Like, that's so much so much a uh, distance they have to move yeah if you're like six foot eight i i would yeah that's that's crazy yeah like that's insane if you're trying to do a snatch or something <laughs> uh anyways uh, i think this is a good point to wrap up um great discussion pat and you're excited to see you compete again you know you're gonna i really think that you're gonna get be back at nationals in no time and 100 with that being said, I hope all of you guys are making some good natty gains and natty news out. Natty news out. Hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of Natty News. If you'd like to learn more, be sure to check out our website www.natty.news. As well, check out our Instagram Natty News Podcast and Facebook page Natty News if you want to get a bit more natty information.